Hello, Sold viewers. Big Ronnie here with the Sold Stay at Home series, quarantine style for 2020. Uh, I want to say thank you to our first Patreon contributor, Carl. Thank you very much. Uh, if you'd like to help us keep doing what we're doing here at Sold, we got big plans for 2020 that got shut down, of course. We are coping like everybody else, but we are funding a number of projects that we would love some help with. Please take a look at our Patreon page, which is patreon.com backslash sold magazine. Uh, and we are here with today's guest, which I'm very happy to chat with, one of the friendlier guys around every time I see him, all smiles. And uh, as soon as Erica said, hey, do you want to chat with JT List? I'm like, yes, yes, that should be fun. So JT, how are you, buddy? Doing well, man. Good, uh, good to be here, Big Ronnie. Thanks. Uh, great having you. Uh, you know, tell us first off, how are you doing? How are you holding up? How are you weathering the storm? You know, what's going on over there? Well, it's been a, uh, it's been pretty crazy. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of artists have been hit pretty bad. Um, but I'm also an educator in the New York city department of ed, but I'm from an outside company. So once the, the DOE shut down schools, we basically got cut off. So I've had to, for the past, say, three weeks, really hustle and get back into the schools and show them that my arts education um, program is really beneficial to the students, which um, has luckily been going pretty well so far. So I've kind of weathered that storm a little bit uh, financially, just uh, enjoying spending time with the family that I didn't you know, really have much time to do. Um, and uh, yeah, just trying to adjust and adapt as, as much as possible. How many kids do you have at home? I have one three-year-old, and I'm happy to say I have another one on the way in September. Oh, wow. Will you name, yeah. will you name that baby uh, uh, Corona or COVID, like the piece some people in the Midwest did? Absolutely not. All right, fine. You're right. <laughs> So, so uh, I've been asking a lot of our artists that we chat with, uh, are you working on any new recipes? Have you tried cooking anything new? How's that going, feeding everybody at home? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, predominantly the chef in the house. Uh, so I, uh, I cook every meal uh, for, for dinner time. And uh, it's been, I guess, a little extra challenging. Uh, my wife's been vegan for like 14 years, uh, and I'm vegetarian. So I naturally make all vegan meals, um, but with the lack of, you know, healthy food options in the neighborhood that I'm at, we've had to uh, really be creative with the, <laughs> the dishes that we make and try and stay away from just having pasta every night, you know? Now, how are you finding it uh, working? Was your home your studio or did you have, a, have somewhere that you went? Yeah, so I'm... Um, I work inside of my apartment. Um, we have different, we have a couple of different rooms uh, and I really, you know, I'm a digital artist, so I just need my computer uh, to work. So in that aspect, it's pretty, uh, pretty accessible to, to work anywhere in the apartment and get things done. But since having, you know, a child, I've had to completely revamp uh, my entire creative process. You know, I used to be able to stay up till the wee hours of the morning and just kind of go in and, uh, I can't do that. Now I have to wake up early and I know I have a set amount of hours before, you know, everything starts happening and I have to start being a dad. So it's been an adjustment. Actually, it took a couple of years to really get into that. Um, but now it's at the point where it's, you know, 
I know I have a certain amount of hours that I have to really focus on and just be really um, just engaged in that, that aspect of it and know that when that time's up, that time's up, you know? Now, without scrolling down your feed to find an answer, uh, do, do you find your, your family, you know, motivates your work? I mean, obviously you're doing uh, multimedia, uh, half photography, half digital and some crazy mashups, brother. But thank you. You know, how are you? Where, where is that? Was your original inspiration? Is that still what's driving you today? Or is it, is it shifting because of the family? Uh, well, the family definitely created a shift in, in perspective. Um, I always tend to create work um, that involves around my experiences and what I may be going through, uh, as well as some, you know, social issues that are happening around us. Um, but yeah, family definitely changed the way I look at things and how I see the world around me. So it's definitely been, if you see some of the work there, there are some pieces that are really dedicated towards my daughter and my wife and focus heavily on the feminine and, uh, you know, all those feminine masculine energy balance that um, we have. And yeah, it's definitely, absolutely. Now, <clears throat> let's, let's go back. Let's tell the origin story. When, when were you bitten by the radioactive spider? When did it all, <laughs> when did it all start for you and, and say that, that this is my life now and this is what I need to do? It's been a, it's been a crazy ride. Like I, um, originally I was an athlete, uh, growing up, I played soccer. I went to, uh, to college to play, uh, I was very competitive. And, um, when that was all over, I wasn't sure exactly what it is that I was, I was doing. I always had this kind of creative energy with inside me, but I never pursued it. And it wasn't until I moved to New York city about 12 years ago, um, that, I started getting into photography. I was just walking around, listening to music. Uh, I was, I, I live in East Harlem. So I've been, you know, just walking around Harlem, going up to the Bronx, uh, where I was teaching and I started seeing things in frames. Um, so I wanted to capture those moments. I didn't have a camera, so I ran home uh, not ran, but took a bus home to, uh, to Jersey, uh, grabbed my mom's point and shoot, gave her a quick hug and just kind of got out of there. And um, just took pictures of everything that I can possibly, anything that was kind of catching my eye in the moment. And so it started off with um, just kind of candid moments, you know, that street photography where you're just capturing moments as they're occurring. And then I wanted to, you know, find a way to differentiate myself from that large pool of photographers, especially now in the digital age. You know, not too many people focus on you know, the basics, the, the ISO, the F-stop, the shutter speed to really get a picture and understand how a picture is created. You have that instant gratification when you take that picture, you can see whether or not it's, it's good. And then you could just delete it and take another one. So within that large pool, I wanted to find out how I could be different. And so um, I found a program called Pixlr, uh, which is a free online program that's similar to uh, Photoshop. And this was about 10 years ago. I remember exactly where I was. Uh, I was at a cafe in the Upper East Side. I was super broke because I just quit my teaching job uh, to just try to pursue this art. And I was just working as like a caterer and doing like these jobs that I wasn't happy about. Um, I was getting evicted from my apartment. Like there was all these like negative things happening around me. 
And the only thing I knew I had control over was my ability to create and to explore and to grow. And so um, I was at this cafe and I learned how to layer two images together for the first time. And then that was it. I knew exactly what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And it started with just layering, you know, different images. I, of course, took it to the extreme and I would layer 30, 40, 50 different photos that I'd taken to where it would look just like this complete hot mess of, of images. And it didn't really make sense. But that was just part of the, you know, the exploration that I was going through. And then, you know, I, I mastered this program and was able to manipulate photos now and layer, but also change them in a way that, you know, allowed me to tell a story. And then I got into Photoshop and now I do a combination of Pixlr and Photoshop with my images to create what you see now. And the cool thing is, um, you know, especially in the past couple of years, uh, you know, I've been able to really catch the eye of, you know, some individuals. I just created an album cover for Derek Hodge, who is a Grammy winning jazz musician. I did some stuff with Layla Hathaway who is a like world famous R&B singer. And, you know, that is, you know, the, the goal, the reward of all the work and all the practice I've put in over 10 years, you know, mastering these programs and really learning and developing my own style as an artist. So it's been, it's been quite the journey, man. Oh, and another cool thing is that uh, Pixlr, just recently shared one of my images for the first time. So it's kind of like this full circle thing that occurred. Uh, circle so of it was life. really, really cool. Like I've been using their program. They, they completely changed my life. And then they finally, you know, they gave me some love. So that was really cool. Well, let's make sure we have their hashtags right, Erica, when we post this, we'll, we'll see if we can get loop them in as well. But <laughs> so what are, are you working on anything new while in, uh, in lockdown? Or are we, uh, we working trying to finish old projects that have been rattling around in the brain? Um, well, there's a new series that I'm working on. Um, has a lot to do with uh, just water, nature, um, the fluidity of water, the, um, the connection we can make as human beings to, to adapt and to adjust and to flow like water, you know, because there are a lot, of, a lot of things that not only right now, but in life in general, that occur that kind of throw us off and we have a choice to make, you know, are we going to be stagnant? Um, are we going to dwell on it or are we going to try and adapt and adjust and survive? And that's what this new series is about. It's a lot of, you know, still focusing on portraits, but using manipulation of portraits and incorporating the, the water element um, and the wave element um, to, to tell that story. Pretty cool. Now, what is, uh, I'm going to bounce back and forth a little bit, but what's one uh, food you miss from outside? Where could you go right now and get oh, some? Oh, man. I would go to, um, I would go to Candle Cafe West. I would sit at the end of the bar. I would get one of their Bloody Marys and just get whatever the fuck I wanted on that menu. That. <laughs> I'm craving that big time. And that's, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I have dreams about it. Are you keeping in touch with uh, you, your friends and relatives and stuff like that with video? Are you teaching people how to do video calls? Oh, it's been hilarious with the family. Yeah, we uh, had a Skype call or we're working on a Skype call 
uh, and or Zoom call, and then everyone gets on and everyone's talking over each other. No one knows how to actually work it. So I just pretty much got off because I couldn't take it. Now I just focus on individual phone calls. I talked to our boy Jeff yesterday. Um, he's doing well, as you know. And uh, yeah, just it's a good opportunity to really connect with people who I haven't spoken to in a little bit. And uh, it's always nice to see a face. Now, for our viewers who don't know, JT List has been around for a long time and sold years. Now, you, you are, are buddies with JPO and BD and them and were around when the magazine was formed. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, at the launch. Um, one of the first stories you guys covered was uh, one of the shows I had, the Styles and Storyteller show um with uh matalicia and um we had m dot jeff uh that was a great show you guys covered it and i was very grateful for that yeah i've known jpo for years you know before since before sold and uh he was talking to me about it when it was like in its genesis and um to see how it's evolved and how you guys have taken this platform and done the podcasts and you know these um in-home interviews right now i think is really great man so i'm proud of you guys for doing what you're doing and how you're keeping it going thank you very much it's it you know it's important for us always at soul just to get the message out there and tell uh the fans what their favorite artists are doing so in in a situation like this it's not like you're sitting on your hands at home you're creating you have to create this is what you do so I think it's important for us to show that and to show how you guys, uh, you artists are, are holding up and coping or not coping or dealing or not dealing. You know, we're all going through it. It's not like the, the fans are going through anything different than you are. It's, it's the same thing right now. Yeah, it's really true on, you know, on multiple levels. We are, you know, we're all going through this together. Um, you know, there have been moments where I haven't felt like creating, you know, I've been down, I've been upset. You know, and then I've been able to get myself gradually out of that to where I, you know, am creating. And it's great to see that other artists are, you know, at varying levels of that, whether they feel like shit right now, they don't feel like doing anything and that's okay. But also on the flip side, those who are, you know, still hustling, still doing their thing. And it's a motivating factor for sure. You know, I get on social media as I'm making my coffee and I see, you know, cats like layer cake he's just hustling like crazy and i'm like man respect for that you know and that gets me going it gets me wanting to to keep making moves and to keep making things happen and i've been lucky enough you know to continue to do those things you know there's a show coming up in la that i thought was going to be canceled but galleries are coming up with creative ways to have shows still and so that, that show in LA um, at Band of Vices is still going. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And I'm grateful for people uh, being able to innovate and find different ways and to adjust and adapt like I was talking about, because that's the only way we're, we're going to get through this professionally, creatively, you know, any way imaginable. What actor would play you in the movie of your life? Oh, shit, man. I've gotten people, it's weird. People have come up to me and said, like, especially when I grow my beard a little bit, they say I look like um, uh, Hugh Jackman. So maybe, maybe Hugh Jackman, but I don't know. Um, I would pref 
I would prefer to have a Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. I like the method actors. Mm. Uh, I would want them to get, you know, inside of that character that is me and really play it. But uh, <laughs> I don't know any of those method guys. <laughs> I see a, a young Kevin Spacey, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. I love Kevin Spacey, but you know, he had to go and fuck things up. Sure did. Have Thanks. you? Now I have that. Now I have that visual in my head that I look you're like. Welcome. You're welcome. Uh, what do you listen to while you're working? What's uh, what's your genres? Uh, I have multiple. Um, music is a huge part of how I create and what ultimately the end result is. Uh, it can range from you know, 90s hip hop with Nas. He's my favorite hip hop artist. Uh, can go to then Radiohead. Um, then I can feel like a little floaty and I'm listening to like Sigaros or jazz or um, putting uh, Shine On You Crazy Diamond on repeat for about six hours and just kind of zoning out. It's cool because with my, my kid too, uh, she loves music and she loves dancing. So every morning when she wakes up, I ask her what she wants to listen to. And I just can't wait to hear what she says because some days she says, Daddy, I want to listen to Pink Floyd, Bed Song from like mo Momentary Lapse of Reason. Or right. She's like, Daddy, I want to I wanna listen to Duran Duran. Or I want to listen to Interpol. She likes Interpol. Nice. <laughs> so it's just really, it's really cool how music it, you know, it being such an important part of my life, but also how I'm able to transfer that that love. My wife and I are able to transfer that love of music to to her as well. I, I've never met someone who said, eh, I don't really listen to music. I'm not a fan. You know, music is the soundtrack of everything that we do. Every point, every memorable point in your life, you remember what you were listening to. You remember what was on the radio. You got the worst news of your life. You remember the first song you heard after that. It's just music sticks with you. Uh, psychologically and I think it's one of those easily overlooked areas where art is not really taken as seriously as it should be you know this is yeah. one of, you know, look back on your life and take all the music away and that's that's what defunding art in the schools today is is essentially uh, 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 pushing us towards yeah it's really it's really crazy um, especially when you're talking about uh, defunding art programming in schools you know, I, I can speak of personal experience. I've had students email me or um, get in touch with me somehow on social media and be like, yo, Mr. JT, I don't know if you remember me, but um, about six or seven years ago, you showed me something with a camera or you showed me something um, on that program that I was using. And now I'm going to school for graphic design. You know, it's just unbelievable how certain aspects of school are deemed more important than others. Um, I don't have the ultimate answer to it other than more funding and paying teachers more, which they, I feel they should be paid the same amount as doctors and lawyers. Um, but also, you know, just having that ability for a kid to learn so many different things and then make the choice of what they feel is their passion. Um, we're teaching a lot of worker bees right now, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to have 
other avenues of education and learning for those who don't want to kind of follow that path. And ultimately funding is the only way it's going to, you know, help that, I think. It's funny watching the governor and the mayor and talk about, so the, I'm sorry, the governor and the president talking about relief bills and how much money is going to come and this and that. But it, 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 it's staggering that that whole first relief bill, the $3.3 trillion, there was very little in there for education. They had to go back to the drawing board for the second bill to add uh, money in there for teachers. And it's not like this is we're paying them more. This is just so we don't have to furlough them and so we don't have to uh, uh, cut off their salaries and stuff like that, which is crazy because teachers are never, their salaries are not in jeopardy. Why are they in jeopardy now? I know. Uh, it's, it's really... Um disheartening to think that I think that um yeah uh, I know a lot of a lot of teachers that you know I've just spoken because I'm still doing the you know the remote learning online um and that in and of itself is another conversation with um how difficult it is to to teach the students but also how there's still so many students in the Bronx and other boroughs that don't even have access to the laptops um, they were given laptops from the schools, but some of them maybe are faulty or they don't work. And now they have no means to get another one. And a lot of these kids, unfortunately, are going to be left behind a little bit. And it's just, it really, it's really sad that that is the case. Um, but as far as like, you know, the teachers and them worrying about their paychecks, that, that shouldn't even come to question at all. You know, this is such a, an important profession that people dedicate their lives to. And, you know, I, I couldn't do it full time anymore because it was just it was too much. Um, I was unable to do things that I felt were important to me, but I never want to give up that ability to educate kids. So I don't see myself personally, you know, just going full time into art. Ideally, success for me would be you know, maybe working three days a week going into schools and then having the rest of the time to create and to build, you know, my own business. But uh, I'll never give up education. It's too important. Who is a dead artist that you would love to collaborate with if you could? Oh, man, I am. So when I first started, I was lucky enough to um, be friends with uh, BK, the artist. And um, he really showed me the ropes on how to kind of navigate this art world, um, but also inspired me greatly. Um, and he was inspired, obviously, by Dali. And I would really have to kind of go that route and say I would love to see what me and that crazy bass come up with in Dali. Um, it's part of the work that I create. Um, is obviously inspired by him because I have like this hidden imagery a lot of the time. A lot of these hidden images have metaphorical meanings to them that um, I would have to explain to you in person or I would have to show you the caption that goes with it to really pick out. There's tons of images that people don't even see sometimes that are there. Um, and it was greatly inspired by, by him for sure. Now, uh it, it's it's funny that you, you you put it that way with that much detail and you'd have to explain it. You know, I hear a lot of artists uh, say on our podcast that, 
you know, I need my work to be recognizable. I need the message behind my piece to be readable. I need it to be clear. Uh, as if you're, I think um, Solis said, I need you to understand my piece if you drove by it 50 miles an hour in a car and just saw it for a split second. That's not your work. You're much deeper than that. I think you need to stand in front of your pieces, you know, six by eight gallery style to really take it all in and understand the, uh, uh, the precision that went into it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for me, I want to have something that draws you in. I want to have uh, the image itself as a whole draw you in and force you to take a step closer to it. And then that's where you will be able to spend the time to look at the intricate details um, and the nuances that go into the work that I create. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I think you nailed it. Uh, and I appreciate you saying that because I want you to see the, the deeper meaning and the deeper story behind the work. Um, but I also need to grab your attention with the, the piece as a whole. Am I right that I, I think your pieces uh, are a little more impactful, large? 100%, yeah. Yeah, I have definitely um, kind of gravitated towards the larger pieces for that reason. Uh, like the piece behind me, it's an older, older one, but it's 40 by 60. And that tends to be the, the general size that I, I go with. Uh, if it's square, usually like a 40 by 40, slightly larger. Um, but the great thing about my situation is that I deal with canvas prints. So if you can't afford a 40 by 40, there are limited edition sizes that are smaller that are more affordable. I want my art to be accessible to a lot of people. Um, so having those limited edition size options uh, has kind of worked the best for me so far. What advice would you give to younger graphic artists or younger artists that are embracing technology and, and really getting into it for the first time? Figuring out your style is probably the most important thing, um, in my opinion. Uh, when you're dealing with technology, it's very easy uh, to just, especially if you're teaching yourself, to look up YouTube tutorials and just follow the steps and create something exactly the way someone else created it. Um, but then you're not creating work that is original to you. Um, and I see that a lot. And um, if people ever ask me, that's really just trying. It's, it's okay to be absolutely be inspired by other people and take the pieces from those other people that allow you to grow within yourself, but make sure you're growing and you're developing your style on your own uh, that is uniquely you, even if it's, you know, taken from different inspirations. I think that's good advice for any artist making sure that I always appreciate an artist's work when I, when I can instantly recognize it uh, amongst others. You know, a style is everything, I think, not only in art, but, uh, you know, life. Yes, yeah, in life. Now, JT, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate the chat. Uh, you know, it's important for us to show that everybody's still doing their own thing and you seem like you're, uh, you're cranking them out. I can't wait to see what comes out of this. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, Big Ronnie. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with Sold, and you guys have always been great and generous um, with me. And yeah, man, let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Before we let you go, please let the viewers know where they can find you online. Um, my uh, my website is jtlistphotography.com, uh, and my uh, Instagram handle is at 
JT List Photo Art. And that's my, uh, my Twitter as well. And Facebook is just JT List. Thank you very much. Uh, so viewers, we are sold out with JT Lists and we will see you next time.